Welcome to Clarity to Launch, the podcast. I'm your host, Natanya Bravo, founder of the Bravo Life, business and mindset coach, and a woman on a mission to help you acknowledge that internal whisper and gain the clarity you need to launch a life you truly love. Years ago, I followed my own whisper and took a leap of faith, leaving behind a six-figure salary and everything I knew to fulfill a one-day dream of moving to Paris. That one tough decision led me to creating a seven-figure business, marrying the love of my life, and helping thousands of women use their passions to uncover their purpose and create the income and impact they were born to. It all boiled down to one decision. Was I going to keep telling myself one day or make today day one? Now it's your turn to decide. Clarity to Launch is here to give you the tools you need to guide you along the way. All you have to do is decide. So are you ready? It's time to launch the life you were born to live. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Clarity to Launch the Podcast. Today, I am joined by the lovely Christina Galbato. She is a social media influencer, educator, and online marketing expert. And I had the pleasure of being on her top-rated podcast, Her Life by Design, last year. Christina built a really successful career as a travel influencer, and she's worked with brands like Ritz-Carlton, Mazda, and Lululemon, to name a few. And since then, she has built a multiple seven-figure online education business where she has helped thousands of women build careers as influencers and bloggers. So I am so excited to have you on this time. Thank you for being here, Christina. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do a little swap. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So for those that haven't met you yet, could you share a little bit more about you personally and more importantly, that journey from really just going from like influencing and blogging days, which I'm sure we all remember, to becoming an online educator? Yeah, sure. So um, these days I consider myself the founder of an online education business that, as you says, help, as you said, helps uh, women specifically build um, online businesses as social media influencers and bloggers. And we kind of say uh, businesses that go beyond the brand collab, right? So we teach about other things besides brand collaborations, like building online courses and all of that good stuff. Uh, So obviously didn't start there. Um, I started my business in 2016 as a travel blogger, and I started it really as kind of a passion project. Like I had no idea that you could even make money online at that point. I was just, you know, always very excited and passionate about travel. So it was something that I did when I wasn't at my nine to five job. And then as I was kind of, you know, just fiddling around online, talking to other bloggers, I learned that, you know, there is a way to make an income as a travel blogger by partnering with brands And not only can it be a side hustle, but this can be a full-time job that I do. So as soon as I kind of understood how other people were monetizing, I definitely took it more seriously on the side of my nine to five. And I, you know, worked even harder to grow my audience, created more consistently. Um, And then I was able to leave that job in February of 2017 when I, I started getting brand collaborations for sure before this, but I was invited by a tourism board to come to their destination the Dominican Republic and create content for them and promote their destination on my platforms. And the trip was in like two weeks and it was a 10 day trip. And I was like, there's no way that my boss with my 10 vacation days is going to let me do this. So I kind of saw that as like the moment where I needed to make a decision and needed to jump off the proverbial cliff and take some messy action. So that's when I went full-time with my business. 
Uh, just summing up the next few years, uh, worked even more as a travel creator, worked with brands like you said, Mazda, Lululemon, Ritz-Carlton, traveled all around the world working with these amazing tourism boards and hotels. Um, and around probably like late 2018, 2019 really is when I started feeling this pull towards online education. So I noticed that my audience was, they were asking me less about like, what do I do in Puerto Rico and more of how can I do what you do? How can I grow an audience online, make an income, work with brands, find freedom in my life, right? Like find something that makes me excited to, to work. So I kind of saw that as an opportunity to create my first online course. My kind of theme throughout my life is messy action and jumping in the deep end without knowing what I'm doing. And so the first online course that I put out is still one of my top online courses, the Influencer Bootcamp. Obviously, it's been revamped and stuff like that. But um, I kind of just like created this course in a simple little checkout page. And I was like, link in bio. Like I didn't understand anything about webinars or sales or marketing or anything. So, you know, it did pretty well, still considering the least amount of effort that went into that. Um, but what I learned from that is that I really love the online education space. Um, just the fulfillment that comes from creating impact in other women's lives based on what I have done has been absolutely amazing. And it just gives me a lot of purpose. And I also discovered through that process that I'm really good at online education. I'm very good at packaging what I've learned and, you know, tactics and strategies that I've honed into a framework that other people could understand and replicate themselves. So that's when I started to go in the direction of online education, launched um, another course called the Blogger Bootcamp Mastermind most recently. Um, we have, you know, scaled our online courses to be impacting close to 10,000 women at this point and, um, have a team of 20 now, which is crazy. And I've kind of left the travel world. You know, I, I still travel, still love it when I can with COVID, um, but fully in the, in the online education space now. Yeah. I love that you talked about messy action. I always talk about like bold, uncomfortable, imperfect messy action and I would love to go back to when you were leaving your job obviously you didn't know like you know you had some success getting some traction but you didn't know that it was going to take you to where you are today how did you navigate I'm sure there was some fear around that that decision yeah for sure. Um, in terms of like tactics and stuff, you know, I had saved a little bit of money just in case, but I think, I think when it comes to like messy action or decision-making, when you, when your heart and your gut feel pulled to something that your brain is trying to talk you out of, to just kind of like take a step back and be like, what is the worst thing that's going to happen right now? So like the worst thing is that I quit my job, I leave and I, you know, try to get this off the ground and spend more time on it and have the opportunity to really focus on it. And then, okay, if it doesn't work out or I don't like it, then, you know, I can go find another job. Obviously that's a specific situation, but, um, I think that really kind of translates over to so many different things in in life and business, kind of walking yourself through your fears, because usually at the end of the day, some people aren't even able to identify what it is that they're actually fearful about, right? It's just this kind of looming feeling, but when we examine it, there's nothing really there or our fears are not that bad. Yeah, definitely. And even when you were talking about creating your first online course, I always tell my clients, I remember my first version of my online program. If I like, I cringe looking at it today, but you <laughs> yeah, know, you have to just put it out there because that's what gets you to the second version and the third version. Yeah. What would be your advice for someone who's like, 
where you and I have been thinking about putting out their first online product offering, their course, their program, but in that perfection mode of like sitting on Canva, trying to make the perfect brand color, you know, we don't really have budget for a designer yet, trying to figure out your logo, making everything perfect. What would be your advice for them? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I see this all the time. (laughs) People are like, I want to launch this new thing, but I'm like fiddling around with my website and my brand colors. And first, first I need to do a brand revamp. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what you need to do. (laughs) So a lot, I see this a lot of times with my um, mastermind clients. And a lot of times this like idea of perfectionism, which is something that Brene Brown talks a lot about if anyone wants to read her books, but this idea of perfectionism is like really this fear and this way that we try to like keep ourselves safe by just like trying to make things look perfect so that we can avoid being judged or, um, you know, looking a certain way to other people. So oftentimes what I do with myself and also what our mindset coach does with my clients and the mastermind is kind of thinking back to like a moment when you were younger, usually is when something happens like this, when you did something like you went on stage for the first time and someone in the crowd laughed or like your crush laughed or like he made fun of you or something like that. And I feel like we, and this is the process that I've gone through in the last year with just so many personal things going on. I feel like sometimes we minimize these moments when we're younger and we just think, oh, you know, that happened when I was younger. It doesn't matter. But those instances and those stories and those events have the power to dictate the rest of our lives, even as a, you know, a 30 something year old trying to get your business off the ground. So if you can kind of like spend some time journaling on like, what's the first time when I felt like I really needed to like look perfect and what happened and how can I think about that differently? Like maybe he was laughing to his friend yeah. or like, maybe it meant nothing about you at all. Maybe he was, his parents are mean to him, right? Like trying to like rework that story and realize that like, if you don't take that first step, you are never going to know what is possible for you, which is, you know, a really, it's, it's a scary thing, but it's also kind of beautiful, right? Yeah. I love that you talked about the childhood memory. So I have a life coach and he has a very similar methodology that we worked with mm-hmm. together over the last like 10 years of when was the first time you felt this experience? And usually it is, as Christina just shared, something that happened like before you were 10 years old that you yeah. might have to think of it for it to come up. I mean, sometimes it's the first yeah. thought that comes up that's just like been buried in your subconscious, but logically, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, like my mom didn't really mean that, or my brother didn't, doesn't really think that about me or my friend didn't really think I was ugly, but your subconscious brain like interprets that and then runs on overdrive as an adult from something that happened when you were like six years old. (laughs) Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. As an adult, not realizing that you have this belief. And I use this like very similar Mm -hmm. to what you're saying. What if it's possible? What if it's possible Mm -hmm. that blank, 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 and, you know, rewriting Mm -hmm. that story. And it's not day one that you're automatically going to reprogram a belief that you might've had for 20, 30 years, but little by little, you can really start to reprogram that and take back control of these little monsters that we have in our, like your logical brains. Like, of course I know (sighs) that I'm capable, but your subconscious brain is like, no, I'm still five-year-old girl that got made fun of when she did her show and tell project. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people in general, but especially women, I, I see sometimes where just like, you know, women play it safe their whole lives. They avoid making big decisions and really showing up for themselves and what they want to create in their life. And I feel like what it does in your brain is it just creates like 
these well-worn pathways of like, play it safe, play it safe, play it safe. And when it comes to like starting a business or doing something a little bit scary, you're kind of like dealing with new areas of your brain and you're creating new stories and new habits for yourself. So it might take some time. Something I did at the very beginning of my business was I had a journal, which I don't have anymore, which I literally kick myself every day. But every single day I wrote down something that I accomplished and it could be like literally as small as uh, posted on Instagram or, you know, got a, a message from this person and they said something nice or talking to this brand or going out to lunch with this PR company, but just writing down like little wins that you have as kind of like proof that you can do these hard things. And that starts to build up over time and create confidence. Yes. I love that. So you have built like a huge social media following, which by the way, for everyone that heard Christina say, she just put link in my bio, please know that if you haven't yet built the community, it's not just, you know, snap your fingers. Smaller. I think I had like 30,000 followers to be clear, but still a lot, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'll do that. (laughs) You were like starting today and wanting to build a profitable platform because social media has evolved even in the last year, let alone the last five years. Mm -hmm. What would you do starting today? Mm -hmm. Are we talking specifically for like someone who wants to create an online course or for like an influencer type online course? Or let's say an online course. Okay. Yeah. So I I think people make a lot of different mistakes with online courses, but I think one of the biggest ones is that they spend so much time behind the scenes creating this product that they forget that they're not doing anything externally to nurture their audience for this launch. So nurturing your audience is incredibly, incredibly important. And this doesn't even dive into like anything launch related. You should always be nurturing your audience. You should always be positioning yourself as a thought leader. So typically for this type of content, um, I would recommend like talking a lot about your story and using that as inspiration to inspire other people and what's possible for them. I would provide a lot of value on whatever your course topic is. And then the other thing that I would do, which I feel like sometimes people miss, is a myth bust as well, because a lot of people are going to see your online course and they're going to be prevented from buying because they believe X, Y, and Z to be true about your course topic. And this is why I can't do it for myself and all of this. So for instance, if you're creating an online course about um, starting like an Airbnb business or something like that, there's all these myths people believe of like, I need to have a perfect credit score. I need to have like $500,000 saved up. I need $100,000 saved up, right? Or all these other myths. So your content should be busting those things consistently so that by the time your online course launch comes around, um, they're kind of ready and willing to buy. So that would be the first thing would be just positioning yourself as an expert um, in whatever your course topic is. Um, And also making it very clear in in your bio as well. I feel like a lot of people are very all over the place with their bios. Um, so just making sure that their bio is very clear on who they help and how they help them. And then my other piece of advice would be absolutely using reels to attract more of your target audience. So uh, what I typically do with reels is like once a week, I'll spend about 20 minutes kind of going through the reels tab and just saving any audios that I think I could adapt to be in line with like my niche and my industry and what I teach, um, and spend some time like recreating those reels for your ideal client, right? So you always want to be attracting new followers that would be interested in your organic content, come to your page, see your bio. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need. Binge more of your content and then be ready for your, your course launch. Yeah. I love that. I I think a lot of people do miss that. You have to like actually get people to know why they would want to buy the course before you can just say like link in my bio. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) 
Yeah, don't do that. With your online education platform, you've managed to build a multi seven figure business and you now have a team of 20, which is incredible. And I'm sure many people listening look up to you as like, that's where I want to go. What's mm -hmm. your experience with, if you've had it with imposter syndrome or like feeling like a fraud? Because I think um, as someone who's also kind of been on that journey of building a business, building a team, there's this idea that mm -hmm. when you get to a certain level, you no longer feel like you, you've made it and like all your confidence is through the roof. And for me personally, that has not been the case. If anything, it's like every level is like even harder. <laughs> I'd love to yep. hear what your experience has been like. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, yeah, it definitely does not go away. <laughs> A lot of people think that like, oh, when I have X, Y, or Z, I'll stop feeling like this. That's definitely not the case. I think for me, like I deal with imposter syndrome all the time, but my toolkit has gotten a lot better at how I deal with it. So now it's less of an issue. So I don't experience it any less than someone at the beginning, but now I'm kind of able to look at it for what it is, which is a lie <laughs> and work on my kind of my confidence behind the scenes to be able to approach those situations and be like, that's like water under a bridge. It doesn't affect me anymore. So I think, I think there's a few things. Number one, I really like the idea of the journal and keeping track of your wins, no matter how small they are, because all of those wins are proof that you can do hard things. Um, and then also kind of like, I always tie it back to facts, right? So um, my client the other day had a webinar and she had like 3000 women signed up and she was going through massive imposter syndrome of like, why are they signing up? Like what's going on? Like, I feel so unequipped to teach this. And I, I wrote back to her and well, no matter what's, whether it's 3000 or 300 or 30, it's kind of like, there are 30 individual human beings that have signed up to learn from you. So if we just like tie or we focus on what is true, Oftentimes what is true kind of mitigates that feeling of like, oh, I'm not meant to do this. I'm not meant to show up. And I think also it's just practice, like practice forcing yourself to get into those rooms and talking to people that you feel, you know, intimidated by or yeah, doing hard things. And I feel like it's like anything else. It's a muscle at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. hundred percent. And with, on a similar vein, like with being a public figure on social media and all the opinions and cancel culture and you know, people behind keyboards are a lot more mm. confident than they would be in person. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially the last like year and a half, there's been a lot with just like everything that has gone on in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, the first thing that I do is I am very cognizant of like the fact that there's a difference between a troll and someone that is just trying to be mean, someone that's just trying to bring me down and someone that actually, you know, is, is, is trying to give constructive feedback. So in the first case, what I have, you know, come to realize over years, because I used to be like out for two days, if I got a hate comment, like crying, like talking to everyone, I know, like, what does this mean? Is this true? You know, but for someone to take the time to like, write you a hateful comment and be rude to you on the internet is that means absolutely nothing about you. It's just a reflection of them and their own insecurities and whatever they're going through in their life. And so when I see those comments, I'm just like, you know, I'm sending you love. That sounds cliche, but truly because they need it. And in the latter case, it's like, what can I take on board? What can I learn? What other opinions can I listen to? Um, so that, and then 
you know, I do have a boundary of just like, if somebody is making me feel bad in my space or making other people in my, in my audience feel badly, like they're getting blocked, no questions asked. Um, but it is really hard, especially with like cancel culture and people have an opinion about everything. Um, so I just try to like protect my peace as much as possible. And like, if I can't get to all my DMS today, I'm not going to. And like, that's that. Yeah. And you recently shared about your journey to sobriety, which I know I'm sure even opened up more opinions and, and more feedback. Mm-hmm. Both, I'm sure. Oh, I'm hopefully a lot of positive, at least I feel yeah, like you yeah. said, it's been yes. primarily <laughs> positive, but I'd love to know how has that evolution of your relationship with alcohol, did it have an impact on the evolution of your business or like you as an entrepreneur? Yes. So luckily when I came out about my sobriety and my struggles with alcohol, um, I had a lot of fear going into it, but I have, I have never gotten a negative message ever, which is actually one of the only times on Instagram that like I've posted about anything and not gotten a negative message or like a controversial message, but like even people that couldn't understand were like, I, I don't know personally what you're going through, but you know, I have an uncle who's an alcoholic or I know, you know, somebody that's struggling with it or just like very kind about me sharing, you know? Um, but I think in terms of my business, you know, at the, I am learning every single day how, what my story is, right. That's a big part of recovery and trying to figure out what I was numbing with it. But a lot of what I used alcohol for was to feel more confident, um, kind of more okay in my skin. And I think that I worked so hard to build a business, maybe in some senses to like prove that I was worthy of something. So that's great now because I have an amazing business and I have boundaries and a team that helps me and all this stuff. But I do think in a weird way, some of my struggles with it might've helped me, help me grow it. And I also know too, that like a lot of the, um, personality traits that I have, like risk-taking, um, make me a very good business person and entrepreneur. And they also made me really good at getting into trouble with alcohol. Right. So I can't really separate the two from each other in a lot of ways. So sometimes I'm like, you know, do I wish that I could be a take it or leave a drinker for sure, but that would make me a different person. And I probably wouldn't have the business I have. That's so interesting. I actually never thought of it like that, but I get what you're saying about the personality traits of both in the positive Mm -hmm. way and a not so positive way. Um, can show up differently. So when you were, cause I, I, I know when I'm about to share anything, not even, <laughs> even remotely as personal as that, I'm like, <laughs> I want to like throw the phone after <laughs> what was it like sharing that on, you did it first on stories, right? Yeah. I did it first on stories. I had been like, literally <laughs> like practicing my speech for like five months of like what I was going to say. Like, I'm kidding. I kid you not. I was like in front of my mirror, like daily, like, okay, guys, (laughs) um, y'all have been asking me about my problems. So anyway, um, no, but around that time, like I had actually ended a long-term relationship. So I just felt like I had so much going on that I was like about to implode. And I felt so much like dissonance between who I actually was and what I was dealing with and who I was online. So it, I just, I just had to post it one day and I was so afraid. I think in particular with something like, you know, 
whatever you want to call it, alcohol use disorder, whatever. Um, there's a lot of shame that comes with that. Um, and I think it's addiction, alcoholism, all this stuff is so stigmatized in our society that it made it hard for me to like admit it to myself and hard to come out with it into my community because I wondered like, well, will I lose all of my credibility? What will people think about me? My business is going to be over. I was just anticipating so much judgment. Um, but I was like texting my sober friends and they were like, just connect to your why, like, why are you sharing about this? Which for me was to help other people. Um, and I kind of led with that. And I literally just, I, had my phone on airplane mode and posted the stories that they wouldn't all upload like separate. And then I just turned on airplane mode and then I like threw my phone across the room and I like took a 20. <laughs> I was so scared. And then what was your reaction once you did finally pick up your phone? Holy shit. I didn't realize how supportive my community is. And also how many women are dealing with stuff like this, you know, whether it's like questioning the relationship to alcohol or, a full-blown issue like I had like I there's so many women that that battle this stuff and no one's talking about it and because it's so stigmatized and because it's so hush hush people don't get the help that they need so I was like very much comforted that it was the right decision yeah and I love that you said you haven't gotten any negative comments that gives me faith in humanity (laughs) oh yeah yeah I know I'm like really this one thing (laughs) can we not (laughs) The one thing I will say, this is like very sober community specific is people have very strong opinions on, um, AA and like your type of sobriety. People have very strong opinions on that, but no one has come at me with that yet. Okay. That's good. <laughs> and please don't for anyone listening. <laughs> and I know you also shared about your breakup. How do you kind of, for you, what's the deciding factor of like, do you feel like you need to share it or do you share what it is that you want to share? Like, how do you balance having, you know, a life mm-hmm. offline that you don't have yeah. to share? And then also, of course, you are sharing things. So there does start to be a, I'm not being authentic if I don't say anything about this. I'm sure that totally. So how do you balance the two and deciding what do I share? What do I get to keep for me and my family and my mm-hmm. friends? Yeah. So I think with, with big things like the sobriety and with my relationship ending, at the end of the day, I've always been um, like the influencer term, right? So I've always been a public figure. My personal brand has been very important. My followers have always been in, like have known about my personal life and what's going on. So I kind of felt sort of an obligation in a way, but then also going back to like that idea of dissonance, I felt so disconnected with who I was being online because my life was like in flames. (laughs) Um, And I had... (laughs) Yeah. Hey guys, my skincare routine. I'm like crying 24 seven. So I just, I had to be honest for myself, for my own mental health. I needed to be authentic in who I was. And that's been also a huge part of recovery as well as just being honest and open and not hiding because that's the whole problem of it. Um, But I do set boundaries. Like I don't go on my phone in the morning until 9am for the first two hours of my day. I do not touch my phone. I don't have any notifications on my phone except for messages and phone calls because that's just friends. And I take weekends off of Instagram. I have to give myself weekends off of Instagram because if I don't, I will need like six months off at some point. So (laughs) I give myself those like little breaks throughout. That's, I like the idea of not touching the phone till 9 a.m. I I probably need to. It will change. It's like the easiest switch that will most drastically change your day. 
I believe you. I think there's something about the energy of starting the day, even though not on Instagram, yeah. just like scrolling through emails, yeah. all of it, it, it sets your day in a, in a different mood. Totally. On the business side, this past holiday season, you shared some numbers around your company's revenue from Black Friday and mm-hmm. openly shared how it felt like really uncomfortable, which is something I know I've dealt with. I know a lot of women deal with. Mm-hmm. How has your mindset around like money and abundance and making money evolved as you've scaled your business? Yeah. So we, we shared our, our Black Friday numbers. Um, and for me, I think that when I see someone online that is talking about their success, whether financially or otherwise, I see it as inspiration. And I want my audience to see it as inspiration and proof of what they can do too, if they take that first step. And I never talk about it in a bragging way. I talk about it in a you can do it two way. And now I have programs like the mastermind, like my online course bootcamp program that's launching soon um, as ways to get you there. So yeah, that's kind of the mindset that I come at it with in terms of like, this is meant to inspire other people. And I'm not only inspiring you, but I also have the tools to help you get there. So that's kind of how I think about it. And I agree. I think there is this, especially in uh, the online, like coaching, consulting, education space, for people that are actually doing it for the right reasons, uh, we Mm -hmm. often have this sense of like, I can't just say I want to make a certain amount of money without justifying that also I am like a good person. I feel like we feel like it's like a bad thing to say that we want yeah. to and like yeah. I'm, work, I'm still working a work in progress myself where it's mm-hmm. like you can just want to have money because you want to have better experiences for yourself, your life, your family. Exactly. Yes, you are also helping people, but you don't have to like justify it with like, but don't think I'm like this horrible person that just wants to like steal your yeah. money. And it, it's I know. awkward still to, for, I think for a lot of women to talk about making yeah. money, wanting money without this sense of like, is someone going to think that I'm just like trying to take everyone's money and don't want to yeah. do good in the world? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And I mean, I think that you can kind of sense that kind of stuff from people like you, you can easily tell who is just trying to make a buck because maybe their programs aren't that great. They don't care, you know? So I, I kind of leave it up to the people to (laughs) decipher who's who. (laughs) And and people talk very quickly. So if you are not really offering anything of substance, it's going to be very hard to stay around very long. (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. So something I like to ask everyone, because it's the question that led me on my path is, is there something that you've always wanted to do, or that's on your one day list that you haven't yet shared publicly? It doesn't have to be business related, can be anything. Could this be like a fun, like travel bucket list thing or anything that you'd like to accomplish in this lifetime? Okay. I think I'm going to go for, I really want to learn Italian. And I know this is right up your alley because I'm hopefully getting my citizenship in the next few years. So I would really like to know at least some, some working Italian before I have my citizenship. Yeah. I wanted to live in, that's actually still something on my list to live in Italy for at least a year. Um, It was Paris and Italy. So I did Paris, but Italy is still on the list. So yeah. Once you learn, please teach me. (laughs) Ciao. <laughs> Not on my back. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for sharing everything today. If anyone wants to learn more about you and how they can work with you or get into one of your amazing programs or courses, how can they connect with you? 
Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at Christina Galbato, my website where you can find all of my my blog, my podcast, my free courses, online courses is christinagalbato.com. I have a podcast that's relaunching in March called Her Life by Design. And yeah, I just want to thank you so much for having me on. And also just quickly, if anybody listening feels like they're struggling with alcohol, um, please reach out to me. I'm here to make you feel less alone and I can help you find steps forward. Oh, thank you. I'm so, so, so glad you said that. And I can already just tell just by you sharing that story is probably going to open up so much for you as well in terms of um, how you're connecting with other people and other people yeah. are able to even share what they're going through. And as, like you said, kind of taking away more of that stigma of what does mm-hmm. it look like to be yeah. in a place where you're questioning or want to look at your relationship with alcohol or anything else that you feel like yeah. is not in your best health. So thank yes. you so much, Christina. And- yeah. Thank you so much. For anyone listening, send us a DM if this episode resonates and thanks so much for tuning in. I hope this episode gives you more clarity and proof that you can create a life you truly love. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to connect and serve those who are ready to use their ideas and experiences to positively impact the lives of others. If you want to connect more, follow me on Instagram at The Bravo Life.